Hello, thank you so much for tuning in to this live broadcast. For those on the radio, we want to welcome you. For those that are tuning in on a live stream, please share the videos. Even if it's a, a podcast, share the podcast links. This is going to be an extremely important broadcast. And hopefully I'm not interrupted because I am expecting an important call to come through. So if that comes through, I will have to uh, resume later. But uh, thank you for tuning in. Lots of information to discuss with you guys. Um, please, again, share the links. As you know, we're being censored on multiple platforms. They don't want information getting out. They want the American people to feel disheartened, disenfranchised, and uh, like there's no hope. And so I just want to bring you um, the updates. As uh, many of you probably read on social media last night, I posted yesterday was a difficult day. It was a difficult day uh, for many reasons. Um, one, just on the surface level, uh, we had lost a, an important case up in the Wisconsin Supreme Court, but that's really not too big of a deal. But I will just tell you, the court cases have been very disappointing. And uh, as you know, of course, the uh, Texas case that went to the Supreme Court, that was disappointing. We seem to be getting a message from the courts that they don't want to be involved. Now, of course, that could always change. Um, but as I've stated in recent broadcasts, the court cases uh, have really only been shot down based on procedural filing issues. And none of them, to my knowledge, uh, and I think there's somewhere around 67 cases that have gone through the courts, not all from the Trump team, but from allies of the Trump team, uh, they've all been kicked out, not based on the merits. And the merits, of course, would be the evidence. So there's these people that are out there that are saying, where's the evidence? We haven't seen the evidence. And as I've repeatedly said, and I'll say again, there is evidence, tremendous evidence, more evidence than you can imagine on the, uh, the argument of voter fraud. Yes, if you, if you still are in the, in the court, uh, you know, in, in the group, I would say, of people that say, well, we haven't seen the evidence, so there's no evidence. I personally don't know if I can help you because you, you seem to be someone that doesn't want to listen to countless people that have written affidavits. It's in the tens of thousands now that have written affidavits. If you know anything about the court system, you know that an affidavit is literally uh, subject to perjury. If you, if you lie on an affidavit, you're, you're subject to perjury. So, you know, <laughs> I don't think uh, thousands and thousands of people are going to be lying on these affidavits and, and they could be perjured in court. So um, there's evidence. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of evidence that, you know, Michigan with those machines that they had the forensic audit and they found that there was, um, you know, definitely something uh, with the algorithms and, and on the technical side that was flipping votes from Trump to Biden. Um, you know, I mentioned the other day, I'll mention it again, there's these things called phantom voters. And the phantom voters are these people that like, say my name is like Todd L. Coconado. So they would put Todd L. Coconado, Todd C. Coconado, Todd M. Coconado, Todd, Todd R. Coconado, Todd Coconado. And they would have all these different people that have seemingly real names, but that are actually not real people. And so there's thousands and thousands of those on the voter rolls across the country. And then you got what I, what I call zombie, uh, zombie voter, voters. And the zomb, zombie voters are people that are dead, that have been dead, not that just died, but that have been dead for a long period of time. And they're also voting. So, you know, you, 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 you put that. Um, and then, of course, you layer in the, the fake ballots that have no creases, you know, that, were, that had no envelopes and uh, the signature, signature verification that can't seem to happen. 
and, uh, and all the different things, you know, dominion and, uh, you know, all the different things that you put together. And, and then there's still some people saying, well, there's no voter fraud. So for those people, I don't know if I can help you. I don't know if I can help you at this point because uh, you're one of those people that it doesn't really matter how many facts we bring forward, how many stories we do, how much investigative journalism we do, how much clear evidence that we put directly in your face, you're in that group that's never gonna listen anyway. So I'm not talking to that group because there is always going to be a group that's never going to listen anyway. And so those are those people. And of course, those are people that are, are listening to the mainstream media, which is basically an idol in your life. If you're listening to what the mainstream media say, many people have made the mainstream media an idol. They think that something can only be true if it's reported by the mainstream media. That's a, it's a way that people have, have subconsciously uh, really made an idol out of the media because if it's not said by the mainstream media, they think it's not true. And it's very sad because the mainstream media, as I constantly, constantly point out, is owned by six corporations, 90 to 95%. And those corporations have an agenda. I mean, all you have to do is work for a major corporation in America today, most of them, not all of them, there's some good ones, but most of them, and you will see they're social justice warriors, they're part of this whole push. And uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of you probably work for one of those types of organizations that you've gone through what I've gone through. We have diversity training and you know, they're, they're promoting BLM, not, not BLM as like Black Lives Matter, because Black Lives do matter, but BLM Inc which is a Marxist organization and they're donating to them, which by the way, their money goes through Act Blue and a lot of other uh, Democrat charities that find their way to supporting and funding a lot of these operations that are completely against the values and principles of Christians and conservatives. So I need to be careful because I know some of these platforms that I'm on right now, they'll probably censor if I say too much. So I'll, I'll just go on to the next thing. Let me explain to you guys what's happened in the last 24 hours, why I said yesterday was a tough day. I think it's important that you guys, I always told you and I continue to tell you that I will tell you the truth. And uh, I want to uh, let you know that there's been some, some things. So I have somebody who's a source that was in a White House meeting, in the White House meeting with Sidney Powell, and General Flynn, and no, it's not them. And, um, you know, in this meeting, apparently, Sidney Powell, General Flynn, and I think the CEO of Overstock.com as well, the former CEO, uh, were in this meeting. And I think his name's Patrick Blind. Uh, they were in this meeting, and they, um, you know, they had about 10 minutes with the president. They got around his gatekeepers. They got around his gatekeepers. So, uh, you know, typically they wouldn't have got this meeting, but they covertly somehow got around and they got in there and they had about 10 minutes with the president before uh, Mark Meadows, who's the chief of staff of the president, and then his uh, chief counsel, Cipollone, Cipollone, got in there. And by the way, Cipollone did uh, help the president during the Russian collusion delusion and uh, the Ukraine hoax, so that's good. But apparently Cipollone has gotten pretty hostile. And according to our source, which is again, a, a, a very, 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 very good source, uh, Cipollone basically got in the president's face. He was being rude, disrespectful to the president and telling the president, you know, there's absolutely no way that some of the things that the president wanted to do were able to be done. And so uh, he's really been acting as a roadblock. And uh, Mark Meadows is kind of, he's not a bad guy, but he's just not really somebody with a big spine, with a big backbone, um, not like Donald Trump. So he's kind of like, eh, whatever, you know. But there's leadership, as we know, Mitch McConnell, many in the Republican Party, 
And I, I have to say, I mean, from what I'm hearing, and I can't validate this 100%, but I think Mark Meadows too, because he was asked the question, did you think Donald Trump won? And Mark Meadows, to my knowledge, and also um, Cipollone could not answer that question and say yes. They, they, they could not say that. And so these are the people that are running the staff. You know, you got the chief of staff and you got the White House counsel and they're literally saying, well, you know, we can't, we can't say 100%. So they're, they're misinformed, okay? Because like I said in the beginning of the video, if, if you don't see the massive fraud that's taking place, I don't know if I can help you. But there's even more evidence that hasn't been released yet. That's the good news, okay? There's more evidence, and I'll get to that in a few minutes. So the thing is, is that the, the, the allies of Trump, the good guys, General Flynn, Sidney Powell, this Overstock CEO, you know, former CEO of Overstock, who's, who's literally been funding, by the way, his own operation. This guy's amazing, okay? He's literally been funding his own operation to forensically, you know, look into these machines and he's paying these white hat hackers to literally uh, look into all this stuff and, and compile all this information. This isn't from the NSA. This isn't from the DOJ. This isn't from the DOD. This is literally from a private citizen that's that's paid like a million dollars just so that he can like, you know, bring this information to, you know, those that would want to know, hopefully like the FBI, but forget it. I mean, can we trust these organizations anymore? Many people are losing faith in them. So, so you got this guy who's the head of, you know, the former head of, of Overstock. Uh, again, I don't want to mispronounce his name. Then you got Sidney Powell in the meeting. You got Flynn in the meeting. And then you got, um, you know, the, the chief of staff and you got, you know, Mark Meadows. And then you got Cipollone, who's the chief counsel. And basically it got kind of heated from what I hear. And uh, the reporting from the New York Times is complete nonsense. They weren't talking about martial law. They were not talking about martial law. Get that through your heads to any conspiracy theorist or CNN person that might be listening to this that's out there trying to say our president's a dictator. He's not a dictator. He follows the Constitution. He's the most patriotic president that we probably had in, in, since Reagan at least. Okay, so stop with the nonsense. He's not a tyrant. He's not a dictator. And you better believe that if there was a Democrat that was in this situation where it was reversed and the Republicans had just tried to pull off the biggest theft in our country, you better believe that all options would be on the table, including the military. So they always, you know, it's, it's funny how these guys work. But because they have the main, mainstream media as their megaphone and, 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 you know, they're out there making people feel like, oh, Trump could be a dictator. Trump could be, he's trying to overturn the election. No, he's not trying to overturn the election. He wants every legal vote counted and he wants every illegal vote kicked out. Meaning the fake people, the dead people, the phantom voters, the zombie voters. He wants those kicked out. So let me get back to this meeting. So General Flynn, very polite man, man of God, man of integrity, a three-star general who served this country in such a way that uh, he deserves to be recognized and honored, got up and uh, basically said his piece in the meeting and uh, said it in a very nice way, but he, he, he disagreed with Cipollone. And, and Cipollone, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'll mention it again, is the one that leaked this story that ended up being totally reported incorrectly, totally lie, I mean, the way they reported it. Um, 
and, 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 and leaked it to his buddy Maggie Haberson at the New York Times. And, and Maggie printed the story and said, oh, they're talking about martial law with Flynn and Powell at the White House. Not true. Not true. Martial law was not brought up at all in the meeting. I know that for a fact. So complete fake news reminds me of the, the bombshell reporting during the whole Russia collusion delusion. Remember every week, the bombshell, bombshell, bombshell. It, all, it always ended up to be fake news, but every week it was bombshell. And then the echo chamber of the mainstream media would be out there. And what would they be doing? They'd be out there uh, reporting on the bombshell. And so that's what happened here because what they were trying to do, and, and they, they were successful in doing it, is to get a response from former Obama holdover generals. Okay, now this is important. In the military. And Mike Miley in the military did issue some type of statement where he said the military is not going to get involved in the election, pushing back on the possibility of martial law. So there's been a lot of people in, there's, there's, I, I call it two sides of fake news. There's the real fake news, which is the mainstream corporate media propaganda, uh, you know, bullhorn of the, of the socialist communists. And then you have the internet fake media where people probably meaning to do things, you know, right, meaning to be truth tellers, meaning to be, you know, some of them do it for, for, you know, because they're YouTube people and they make money on it. Some of them do it because, you know, they want people to hit their website. Some of them do it. I don't know why they do it. Maybe for misinformation or disinformation or to make Christians or to make conservatives look like conspiracy theorists. It could be. There's probably people like that out there that are literally doing it just to make us look stupid. So they're out there saying, you know, Trump's going to do martial law. It's going to happen the 23rd, the 24th. <laughs> so I need to debunk that stuff because Trump is never going to do martial law, ladies and gentlemen. I want to get that through your head. He's never going to do martial law. It's not going to happen. I, I know that many of us want him to do the Insurrection Act, but the Insurrection Act is not martial law. And the Insurrection Act has been invoked many times historically where they could use the National Guard or, you know, elements of the military to maybe seize the machines. Um, and, and, you know, there's a you know, possibility where they could do uh, a revote in a state if there was so much fraud or so much, um, you know, irregularities that it just was impossible to have uh, the count that had already been taken be um, the one that they confirm in, in, the, in, the, you know, in the confirmation process. So they need to, you know, basically revote because it's so contested. And we are in a contested election, by the way. Obviously, the president hasn't conceded, so it is a contested election. But so there is that possibility where he could invoke the Insurrection Act, but because of all the reporting of martial law and the, and the, and the, and the echo chamber of the mainstream media and the people that are on with the R's next to their name, R's next to their name, that also are, there, there's, there's three camps in the Republican Party and, and the establishment Think Mitt Romney, think the establishment, Mitch McConnell. They're all showing themselves now. We're all seeing who these people are. It's, it's, they're, they're literally being exposed. These are the people that pretended to be Trump allies, that pretended to be his buddy, Lindsey Graham, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but, but where are they now? Where are they now coming to his defense? Where are they now in his hour of need? They're more concerned about holding their power. They're more concerned about being invited to the plush parties. They're more concerned about securing their, you know, their next job as a consultant or whatever it is that they sit on the board of this or that and get $2 million a year. That's what they're worried about. And a lot of these Fox anchors, by the way, that you think are your friends, they're, they're in the same camp. 
It's really sad, but it's true. So, so you got that camp of the, of the R party, the establishment. Then you got the two camps or the two camps that are for Trump. One of the, one of those camps would love to see the insurrection act invoked. And the other one is more pushing him towards, uh, you know, just continue to have this contested election and let it get to the certification process. And then, you know, they're going to go that route, which is another constitutional route. But again, the insurrection act is a constitutional path. It's just, in my opinion, I don't think he's going to invoke it. I don't think he's going to invoke it because the people around him, his advisors, uh, they're, they're not supportive. And the president is a very kind man. I know that the media doesn't report him as a kind man, but he is a very kind man and, and, and he sits there. And so in this meeting, you know, as, as, uh, you know, uh, General Flynn and Sidney Powell were in there and the Overstock, you know, founder and CEO, uh, former CEO, he's, they're all sitting in this meeting and, and, and he's, he's looking to them and he's saying, you see what I got to deal with? You see what I got to deal with? But I heard they were, they were disrespectful to him. I heard, uh, not, not Powell or Flynn or the Overstock guy. I'm talking about, uh, not Mark Meadows really either, but Cipollone was very disrespectful. In fact, there was times in the meeting where it almost went to like a fist fight. That's how crazy it was getting because, you know, and he was being so disrespectful to the president and, and talking to him in such a disrespectful manner. So I would love to see the president fire him, fire Cipollone. I mean, we already know the guy, the guy leaked to the New York Times, fire the guy. You can't trust the guy. I hope the president fires him and gets some real counsel. Actually, Sidney Powell would be an excellent White House counsel. You know, and I know there was some talk about her being a special counsel, but apparently that's being shot down by Bill Barr, who's another one. What's the story with Bill Barr? And there's these people on the internet and they're out there and they're saying, well, he's really, you know, just secretly doing things behind the scenes. I really hope that's the case. Trust me. I know all these stories. I know every one of them. Trust me. People send me all the stories and all the theories. And I, I know that, you know, they call him the stealth bomber. And, you know, I want to believe that. Look. I even saw Scabino. He like was putting pictures up of the stealth bomber. So, hey, maybe Barr is the stealth bomber. Maybe he is secretly working behind the scenes. And maybe we're going to see, you know, after after he, you know, goes on his Christmas break or, you know, steps down on the 23rd, maybe we're going to see some action. I would love that. Is it, is it highly um, probable? I would say probably not. But is there a chance? Yeah, there's a chance. Of course, there's a chance. And again, when you're playing poker, like I said in my in my live stream the other day, when you're when you're playing poker, you don't show your whole, you know, your cards. So a theory, a theory of mine is, is that they're making it look like everything's really bad right now. But secretly behind the scenes, they're, they're they have, you know, a, a royal flush. That's a theory of mine. And, and maybe they're putting out disinformation just so that people don't know. What's going on? Yes, that all could be true. I understand that. It all could be true. Okay, so I'm not here to like say none of that's true, that the military couldn't do something, that there couldn't be some option with the Insurrection Act or the executive order that he did. We've, we've, we've heard all the stories. I've looked at all the legal people talking about it. I actually talked to a constitutional lawyer while I was uh, in, a, in a very high level place the other day. Many of you might have seen the pictures. Obviously, I was with some very high level people, very, very high level people. And in that group, I talked to a constitutional lawyer and I asked the probabilities of the Insurrection Act and I asked the probabilities of the executive order. And this person is very intelligent. They were kind of going through the legal uh, aspects of it. And they're like, yeah, you know, it's possible. And yes, it's been done. And, you know, all these different things. But, you know, you got Mike Miley out there. And so that's an issue because that could cause a problem with the military options. So, 
Uh, I don't think that, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of disruption. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, the deep state, as I always say, is, is deep and wide. And they have uh, people in all aspects of government and society. And so apparently they have their guys in the military too. I mean, I think most military people, not all, but most do support President Trump. But, I, but unfortunately, it would take the Joint Chiefs and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs and all of them to all support the president. And I can't say without a shadow of a doubt that he has that support right now because of these Obama appointees that are still in position in high levels in the military. So that's very disheartening when you hear that, isn't it? And then you go to law enforcement. People say, well, law enforcement are all with Trump. You know, I, hear, I hear all of, the, all of the arguments. Law enforcement are all with Trump. The military is all with Trump. Well, yes, most military people are with Trump. And most law enforcement are with Trump. We saw during the election cycle. Remember how many law enforcement people came out and they said, yes, we're, you know, we're for President Trump. So yes, I agree with you on all these things. But I also want to caution those that are buying into the, 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 the far you know, conspiracy type things where there's going to be all this stuff happening because I don't want you to be disappointed if it doesn't happen because I'm speaking to people that are like one or two people away from the President of the United States and, and they're telling me what I'm sharing with you right now. So I don't want to give you like a false hope. Now, I'm going to give you some hope at the end of this broadcast and I think that that'll kind of turn this around here. But I just, I want to be honest in my reporting because that is something that's very um, sacred to me. It's very sacred to me because I'm a pastor and I don't want to be out here. I know my critics, they, they try to call me all kinds of names. They watch these live streams, by the way. And in fact, not only do they watch them, they take snippets of these live streams and they post them on their left-wing sites. So I'm like all over these left-wing sites now. So, and they call me a, mag, a MAGA pastor or Trump pastor. It's such a ridiculous thing. No, what about a constitutional person? What about somebody that doesn't want to see our nation fall to communism? It's so ridiculous. Thank you for those that are willing to support me in this battle, by the way. We are in such a battle and, and we really need the support. I wish I could tell you, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, um, one of these pastors. I mean, I just went, you know, on this big trip and I was driving this little mini economy car around, staying in a hotel that was $77 a night. Um, you know, I, I'm very careful in the way I spend money. I'm not one of these pastors that's out there. I'm, I'm, I'm so disheartened to see what's happened to some of the church. And, you know, some of these people accuse me, oh, you, you take all this money from all these people. Well, <laughs> never would I do that, first of all. But second of all, when I ask for financial support, it's because we're just trying to fund the operation so we can do the things that we're doing because we're up against, it's literally David versus Goliath. So thank you to those that are willing to help us. Uh, but I don't live high on the hog. I just want to make sure you guys know that I've always been so upset about when I see that. I will never, ever be that guy. You can follow me for the rest of my life. And I promise you as a pastor, I will never, ever be that kind of pastor ever. And uh, God bless those that, that do those types of things. They'll have to answer to God for that stuff. But I'm not that kind of guy. So thank you for those that are supporting us. And, and, and there's, there's a few, but there's, there's a few of you. And I thank you for that. And if you're able to help our efforts, it would really be helpful. You can go to toddcoconato.com slash give. Okay. So let me get back to the end of this story here. Um, and I'll put a link by the way in the, in the, in the broadcast, but so, okay. I explained the meeting. I explained the situation with the military, which, which really makes that highly unlikely. There could always be, um, you know, something that's covertly going on. There could always be something because again, they might be playing poker and they might, you know, I don't have high level security intelligence. I'm not in the, in the top 10 people around the president. So I don't have that type of, of, of security level clearance. 
So, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe there is some covert plan that we don't know about, but I, I have talked to people that do, and I have talked to people that would know, and they are pretty much um, telling me uh, what I'm telling you. So I'm sharing with you what I've been told, okay? And yeah, somebody just posted something about Pat Robertson, and I'm, I'm really um, sad about Pat Robertson because a lot of these people have like prophesied Trump is gonna win, you know, prophesied. You know, they claim to be prophets and they've claimed that God given, has given them, you know, a prophetic word that he's going to win. And then now they're like pulling the, the cords and jumping off the plane. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's kind of scary. I wrote an article about it um, called the, the, the Four Ifs on rmntnews.com. And it's definitely something worth looking into. But uh, I, it makes me sad when I see these guys pull the cord and jump off the plane. I think we need to pray this through to the very end. Um, I will continue to do live streams. If Biden were to get in, I'm going to do live streams and we're going to talk about a very different path and, and future about the church, but we're still going to be the church and we're still going to be operating as the church. And I believe there's opportunity for a revival in this nation either way, because God is on the throne. So we, we have to understand that we pray, we fast, we seek the Lord and whatever happens, God is on the throne and we don't, we don't let our faith get stirred up or shaken. See, that's the very important thing. You can't let your faith get stirred up or shaken like if this doesn't go the way that we want it to go, you know, because God is still God. You know, there's a lot of people that let you down in this world. There's a lot of people over the years that have let me down as a, as a pastor, as a Christian, as a man of God, people that have let me down that I, that I thought were good people, awesome people. And God, a long time ago, spoke to me and said, Todd, you got to make sure that you have a personal relationship with me and that you're inquiring of my Holy Spirit every day and that, you know, we have relationship. And that way, it, you're never relying on a man or you're never making an idol of a man. And that way, you know, re regardless of the storm, regardless of the things of life that hits you, you stay strong in your faith. And that's so super important because we know in the end that God always wins. God wins. This is a fixed fight. The devil is set to lose. He's going to lose. We're going to rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ for eternity. And by the way, why aren't so many pastors talking about the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary, repentance, healing, laying hand on the sick, you know, during this whole coronavirus thing? How many pastors have you heard saying, let's lay hands on them and, and watch the Holy Spirit move? I mean, that's what the Bible says, lay hands on the sick. But yet we're, we're closing down the churches all around the country. It's a very sad thing. The Bible also says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. But so many churches are willing to forsake the assembling. Okay, so let's get back to the Trump situation here. I always notice people drop off when I start preaching the gospel because all they want to hear is like the, the clickbait stuff. It's really sad. It's upsetting. I hope that's not you. I hope you're not like that. I don't think you are. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, so what, what looks like is going to happen, and again, and, 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 and I'm still believing, by the way. By the way, I'm still believing in faith because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I'm still believing in faith. I hope you are too. I'm still believing. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I don't know if you noticed. I've lost some weight. <laughs> but, you know, throughout this time, I'm fasting, praying, seeking the Lord, you know, getting on my knees with my family, my friends, trusting the Lord. And I'm still doing that because it's not done. The worst thing that a Christian could do, the worst thing that we can do is bail out before the battle's over. How silly is that? How silly is that? When you're in a war, could you imagine you're in a war and you're like, you're, you're, you're in the, you finally got to the battlefield and the, and the gun, you know, it's, you know, back and forth 
You know what I'm saying? And then imagine just you get into the battlefield and there you are. And all of a sudden you just say, okay, we're at the battlefield and the fight is on. And okay, I'm going to walk away now. What? What? Why are you walking away now? Why? Why now? Don't walk away now. We're in the battle. It gets tough in the battle. Like they say, there's no atheists in the foxholes. So don't walk away right when you get to the battlefield. That's so silly. The, the battle's not done yet. We got to keep fighting until the very end. Now, if we lose this battle, it doesn't mean we lose the war. We just lose the battle. There's a lot of wars where you lose the battle, but you win the war. We already know we win the war as a Christian. We are prepared for this. This is what we trained for. This is what the Bible told us was coming. Here we are. It should really affirm our faith. If anything, it should affirm our faith because everything that the Lord said is happening. It, it just affirms what the Word of God said. It should, it's coming to life before our eyes. It's real. It should affirm our faith, strengthen our faith. But yet so many people are bailing out. Why are you bailing out? I don't get it. Don't bail out. If anything, what's our crime in the end? If anything, our crime in the end is that we had too much faith. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We had too much faith to believe that God could move the mountain. Maybe he decides not to. But what's our crime? That we had too much faith? Really? That's our crime? The problem is a lot of people are worried. They're worried about like what people say. They're worried about... You know, people coming after you and all this different stuff. There's more of us than there are them. And not only that, but we got armies of angels around us. Who's victorious? We are. Come on. So don't pull the, the zip cord and jump out the plane. Maybe the plane's about to just make a perfectly, you know, smooth landing. I was just on a, a flight and we landed. You know what I'm saying? How stupid would that have been if on that flight, if I would have like right before we're landing, it got a little turbulent. I'll be honest with you. It got a little turbulent. If I would have pushed open the emergency door and jumped out, whoosh, jumped out, bailed out, Pat Robertson, whew, there we go. How silly would that have been? And then that plane ended up landing. Now, if you know the plane's going to crash, it's coming down, you know, you know, the emergency, it's coming down, you know, everything's there. Well, then maybe pull the cord, right? But you don't leave the battle right when you start fighting and the, and the shooting starts. That makes you, now I don't want to call, I don't want to say any names, but you know what that makes you, right? You got you to gotta fight the battle all the way through. And then if you lose the battle, you lose the battle, but we don't lose the war. We already know who the winner of the war is. So the, the course that it looks like we're going on right now, as I broke down all these different things, the three factions in the Republican Party, you got the establishment, you got the two, the two groups of patriots, one that want to do it through the uh, contested election, and I'll explain that in a second, and then you got the other group that wants to do the Insurrection Act, which is still a possibility, but I don't see a very high probability. There's a possibility, but it, not a high probability. So here's the, the way that it's looking like it's going to go. So you got this thing, it's a contested election. The president hasn't conceded. You got two different sets of electors. They're gonna go up, you know, to be certified. Uh, they've already been certified, you know, when, when it comes to the electors, but it, it goes to Congress. And then actually presiding over this is President, uh, Vice President Pence. And they go through each state. They go through each state, okay? And, you know, we'll just say they start off like, you know, I don't know what the first state is, but maybe it's Alaska, Alabama, something like that, you know. One of the A's, right? They say, this state, let's just say it's Alaska. Alaska. And then 
somebody has an opportunity there to object or to, you know, they, no one objects and, and then they move on to the next state. And they go through this with all 50 states. So you got guys in the Congress and you got guys in the Senate that can oppose this. It's kind of like a wedding ceremony. You know where they say like, you know, speak now or forever hold your peace. That's what they do. They speak now or forever hold your peace. So you're in this like ceremony and you go through the states and then you get to like these contested states. Okay, let's uh, say Georgia, for instance. You get to Georgia. Or how about one of the ones where they actually sent the, uh, the, the alternate electors, right? You, know, you get to one of those states. And, and they say, okay, Michigan, you know, Michigan. And they say, I contest. And, okay, do you have somebody that, you know, are you alone or do you have somebody from the Senate that's also contesting? I have somebody from the Senate, Senator Hawley, let's just give an example, or Senator Paul, or Senator Blackburn, right? And so, okay, and then they go into debate about it. They go into debate about it in their, in their separate meetings, right? And then they determine whether they're going to accept or they're going to contest. And they have to make that determination. So let's say it's contested. It's, it remains contested. And they can't certify the electors for that state. So then that state's electors are not certified. So the ones that are certified get certified. And then the contested states don't. So one of the people has to get to the magic number of 270, right? And if they don't, then what happens is it becomes what's known as a contingent election, a contingent election. And with the contingent election, they have to get to the 18th of January where it's contested and there's no winner. And then they get to this contingent election and then it goes back to the Senate and the House and even though the House is run by Democrats because it's, it's one vote per state. So it's not every congressman that gets a vote. And there's more Republican held states when it comes to the Congress than there are Democrats. So in a hypothetical situation, if everybody held party lines, and there's a lot of ifs here, because then we know there's a lot of rhinos out there and there's a lot of people that are probably deep state people. But if, if, if the Republicans hold the line and they end up voting, one vote per state, and then it goes to the Senate, and the Senate picks the vice president. Now, obviously, there's Senate races that are going off in runoffs right now, but even if we lose those, there's still a chance, with Mike Pence being the deciding vote, that we could also get the Senate, and he would actually be presiding over his own reelection. Interesting, right? So first of all, you gotta have Pence hold the line. You gotta have the Republican legislators hold the line. These alternate electors would be sent and those would be the ones that would be certified. And Donald J. Trump and Michael Pence would end up having a second term according to the Constitution in the contingent election. Now, again, I'm not a constitutional lawyer, although I am a scholar of studying for many, many years. But from what I would imagine, I mean, about 99% of what I said is true. Uh, there, I might be a little bit off on one thing or another, but I've talked to many, many conversations with constitutional lawyers, and this is what I'm gathering from those conversations, what I just explained to you. So, and somebody asked the question, well, I thought they had to vote the party line. Well, yeah, I mean, you would hope they would. I don't think they have to. I think they, they're supposed to, they should. I mean, but you know, you never know because we're in this, you know, 2020 wacko reality that we're in. So you just never know. And so for me personally, if I had an option, to you know, sit down with the president in the Oval Office and say, look, Mr. President, what would, you know, my, my advice to the president, 
This is my advice to the president. I would tell the president that he should write an executive order to seize the voting machines and forensically audit them around the country. That would be my immediate action. I would fire Michael Miley, General Miley, because it seems like he's basically uh, a prime example of the Insurrection Act. He's going against the commander in chief. So I'd fire Michael Miley. I'd fire Cipollone right away. He's a traitor and a leaker. So I'd fire him. Uh, and then I would, I would write an executive order. It would not be a martial law. I would not do martial law, but I would make sure that these ballots uh, and these machines, which by the way, legally have to be held for a certain amount of time after the election, just in case there is a party that wants to inquire, just like we are suggesting. This is all constitutional. So that's what I would do is I would, I would get rid of Miley as the commander in chief. I would get rid of Cipollone because he's a leaker. I'd probably get rid of Mark Meadows too, even though I know a lot of you guys probably like him. I, I don't really, I, I would, I would want somebody in there like General Flynn personally. I would want Sidney Powell and Gen General Flynn on my team. That's personally, if I, if I was, what does he have to lose at this point? I mean, put your hardliners, put your, put your loyalists in. You know what I'm saying? I think that's one of the biggest problems that have happened in this administration is he's had all these traitors, backstabbers. So I'd put my loyalists in. You know what I'm saying? I'd get rid of anybody that even has an element of traitor in them. And, uh, and that's what I would do. And I would, and, and here's the thing is, is that I would, I would, I would have these machines looked at forensically. If there's evidence that they flip the votes, which we know in the ones that have been looked at, that has been the case. If they find this in all these different States, you present that evidence to the American people and you say, well, here we go. We have clear evidence. These machines obviously are flipping votes. Here's the forensic evidence from, you know, a non-party organization that, you know, just looked at them and said, yes, this is what happened. And then I would probably have to, you know, you'd probably either have to have a revote in those states where, where they could use paper ballots and have an actual count, or they would need the Republicans to have a spine and hold the line from a party standpoint in this contingent election and then give it to the president. So this is very complicated stuff. And I, I hope that I've tried. Now, somebody said they've been scrubbed. Well, listen, here's the thing. If they've been scrubbed, then we know there was fraud because it's legally illegal to scrub them. It's illegal to scrub them. So if they've scrubbed them like bleach, bleach bit with Hillary Clinton and all that garbage that they've been doing, if they did that, there's clear evidence that something went down there, that something went wrong. And if that's the case, then that should be something that any court should uphold. And that right there is, is, is proof that something foul play happened. So if they've been scrubbed, then we need to know. And then they need to hold a revote. So there's always a path. There's always a way. There's always a solution. Somebody's asking the question about the German servers. It's a great question. Uh, I know there's a lot of reporting that they were Dominion servers, but what that was, uh, according to uh, a sitting congressman, Gohmert, was that it was a CIA farm that apparently has been uh, involved in meddling not only in our elections, but other, you know, other activities around the globe. It was a CIA farm that was apparently raided. That's the last that we've heard about that. Uh, you know, you had Louis Gohmert say it. He's a very, very uh, integrous man, uh, a man in the know. I don't know why he would say that if it was untrue. There was a general that also came out very high level 
and he said that they had the packets of information going back and forth. General Flynn has said that there's evidence of foreign interference, which we know the countries, and I've gone through that in past broadcasts. Again, I don't have security clearance. I'm not you know, a general. I'm not a high-level security clearance person. So you'd have to listen to their statements, but they have made these statements. But what I'm trying to do is, is speak from a very rational standpoint as a patriot and lover of this country and say, what can we actually do? Do we actually have a chance? And what are our chances? And that's what I've laid out here today. That's what I've laid out here today so that you can have the truth. And so thank you for listening to this very long, complex broadcast, but I wanted you all to know the latest. Uh, this is not intended for an organization. This is copyrighted material that's coming from the ministry. And if you use this, uh, you know, it is not authorized to be used right wing for by right wing watch. You're not authorized to use this content. And so we're openly saying that that is not authorized to be used by any other outlets. However, uh, I know those break the rules and do it anyway, right? Because that's what they do. And so they try to smear me and they try to come against me. And that's why I've been moving all around the country in undisclosed locations because, you know, this is what we got to do these days. Crazy world that we're in. Crazy world that we're in. And by you helping us financially, we're able to stay in a $77 a night hotel in different places around the country and be able to stay safe in this very, very dangerous time. So thank you for your financial support. Appreciate it. We're able to continue to fight in this fight on many different levels. You don't see them all. We're doing many different things. And again, I'm not, I'm not one of these pastors that's driving around fancy cars or living in big mansions or flying around in jets. That's not who I am. I'm fighting for this country because I love this country and I want my children to be able to have the same things that I had. And, you know, we're already in this fight, so we might as well follow it through. And, you know, yes, it's scary at times, but we got to do what we got to do. Right, guys? So that's, that's what's up. And so if you can help us, it would be a huge, huge blessing today and i really appreciate you and i hope that i made sense we're going to keep praying don't be down don't be discouraged i told you at the end i'd give you some hope and here's the hope is is that there's millions of americans and people around the world that are believers in jesus christ that are praying fervently that are fasting that are on their faces that are on their knees that are having prayer calls that are having zoom calls I've never seen anything like it in my life. I know there's going to be a move of God either way. I don't know how it's all going to happen, but I think God is removing the wheat from the chaff. I think he's showing you who's willing to stand in this hour. I think he's showing you who's willing to have faith, who's willing to be the, the, the real church, the ecclesia. I think he's showing us all before our eyes. It's a big expose. So hold the line and stand and have faith and spend time in worship and prayer worship god fill yourself up daily die to your flesh don't listen to the voices of doubt and the ones that are lying but listen to the spirit of the living god trust in the lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct our path we have to trust and believe that god is on the throne because he is so that's our hope as we celebrate the birth of our lord jesus christ and I know some people will write me and say it's not the right time of year and all these different things. But listen, we're acknowledging the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who sits on the throne, who's still the King of glory. He is alive. Remember Acts chapter 2 where there was a suddenly a move of the Holy Spirit? That's the God we serve.